everybody. I'm Ben Tillis, and you're listening to the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast. Here to keep everybody up to date on all the latest news in track and field. Whether you're an athlete, coach, fan, official, or anything else related to the sport of track and field, this is your place to get the latest and greatest. Without any further ado, let's go. This is Ben Tillis, and I have a special guest today, Mike Gedemy from Ankeny Centennial High School, PE teacher there and the assistant boys cross country, assistant girls track, coaching distance and long jump, and also an assistant strength and conditioning coach. Mike's got a long and strong background in strength and conditioning, so uh, I'd like to welcome him in today. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me. This is a this is a pleasure. Uh, this is also a first for me, so. I look forward to sharing this platform with you and hopefully giving the coaches a little bit of something they could take home with them and implement with their programs. Yeah, I have no doubt uh, you're going to leave us with some some good things. So, Mike, uh, anybody that doesn't know you, what's your background real quick in, in uh, track and field and strength and conditioning? Uh, I know you had some experience this summer with some, some high-level things, but uh, fill us in. Yeah, so I, I guess I began, began my coaching career in college as a sophomore at Iowa State. Uh, spent three seasons at Gilbert High School working underneath uh, Aaron Thomas and Graham Blunt was the strength coach. That's kind of where I got my feet wet, got started, uh, graduated college, needed to get a big boy job. Unfortunately, I had to leave Gilbert, went to Pella for a year where I had a great time uh, working underneath Doug Cutler and that a great staff. Uh, then after that one year, came here to Ankeny Centennial, hopped on the boys uh, cross country staff, girls track staff right away and started doing some things with strength and conditioning. Um, following my first year at Ankeny Centennial, I accepted an internship offer at the University of Texas. Um, wow, what a, I mean, that was just a, a world-class setting down there, a lot of great takeaways. You know, I learned a lot professionally, which is why I went down there in the first place to take that experience away. But, man, I tell you what, I think I grew a lot more personally during that time um, than anything. But uh, great, great experience down there. Was able to come back and implement some of those things here, which is what the whole goal was all about. Yeah, man, I, I was following you on Twitter a little bit this summer, and uh, it was fascinating to see you down there at a school like that. And what were you learning? It was what was the number one thing you you would take away from that, or your best experience down there? Well, a few things with that last statement you said. So I, I, there wasn't as many things on Twitter as I would have liked there have been. And, and, and that was one of the things they, that was the, one of the first things they talked to us about when we were down there is, hey, make sure we're not posting on social media, anything with our athletes or your likeness to our school or anything like that. Um, but no, the, you know, the biggest thing I took away from there, being a young strength coach, um, I take a lot of resources in, listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books. I got really cemented into my own beliefs and I used to speak with a lot of conviction and going down there and talking about training theory day in and day out with these coaches. I mean, that that's it, right? Training theory is a theory. There is no science behind it. As long as you can rationalize what you are doing um, and you're, you know, it's, it's proven and you're, and you're doing no harm, then it's probably sound training. So that was the biggest thing I took away is being open-minded, you know, live in the gray area. Now everything's black and white. Yeah. And so, you know, while I was down there, they give you a sport to work with. Uh, unfortunately, Olympic sports in the summertime, they don't keep a lot of their athletes over the summer. Um, so the teams that I was responsible for is softball uh, and cross country 
And, you know, those groups can range anywhere from a daily basis of one to six, seven, eight people at a time. So really small groups, you know, more one-on-one than it is at the high school level when you're, you know, coaching 30, 40, 50, 60 kids at a time. So, but all in all, it was a great experience. Yeah. I think you touched on something there that we all go through probably as coaches. And that is, um, having that strong conviction of this works and yeah. this is the path and the way. And, right. and uh, certainly some people still stay there and have great success their whole career. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's how they prefer to go about it. And I think there's an enjoyment though, too, in learning, like you said, that there's a theory and we are far from having proven anything. If it was all science, we'd all be doing the same thing. Right. So that's, um, exactly right. Um, like right, right now, going through uh, this this scholar the scholar program through yeah. high performance West, You know, it's 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 covering training from uh, Percy Sarity to all these great coaches, um, and they're all different. You know, they have some similarities, but just just the same they are similar, they are different. So I mean, it's it just goes to show there's so many different ways to do things. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, in that program for a while. And so I've enjoyed, again, seeing you kind of going through that. And they've offered, uh, yeah. for those that aren't aware, they've got a 30-day free thing for their program. And I can link to that um, in, in the in this podcast um, because I think that's just a great opportunity. I know they're they're all on top of Let's Share. And, and uh, while people yeah. are kind of cooped up inside, let's, let's learn a little bit. Um, on that note, uh, we were talking off air about the value of – of strength and conditioning in general and programming, but also uh, how it impacts, you know, runners right now, track and field right. athletes right now. And, and uh, you know, as well as anybody, these kids don't have a lot of access to uh, places to do what you might've normally handed them a uh, set right. of squats and, and uh, deadlifts or things like that. Uh, what, what do you say to the athletes right now or coaches about what they should do? Did they just take a break from it all? Cause it's not organized. What, what's mm-hmm. your take? Yeah, so I had a few different thoughts, but the kind of thought that I've set on right now is exercise to a lot of individuals is a great way to deal with the stress and the anxiety of the current time we're having right now. So I believe that continuing to work out and continuing to stay physically active is is great for, you know, a majority of the people that we're working with. Now, are we going to go ahead and, you know, progress training naturally as we would if we're still in school and implementing all these things? You know, probably not. Um, how it works here at Centennial, Greg, we know our head strength coach, um, we've coordinated with this and we've made two workouts a day. One workout is, uh, if you have a home gym, cause some of our kids do, or they have access to weights, um, whether a barbell dumbbell or some kind of combination of both. We have one workout that's pretty similar to what we would do if we were still in the weight room at school. Um, then we have, a, we have a second workout that's body weight only. Um, you know, and, and kids can make do with what they have with the body weight only make adjustments where they can, you know, if they got a light set of dumbbells, make that work too. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, with the body weight, with the body weight program, gravity is all around us. Resistance is all around us. If you are a strength coach, you have, it, it's part of the job. The job description is being creative and coming up with different ways to do different exercises and things like that. So, you know, our body weight program features a little bit of, uh, higher rep ranges, tempo work, you know, with the overall goal still being that injury mitigation, you know, so they can come back to play and not be two steps behind, maybe be a step behind from where we would be, but be in a good spot um, to return back to our weight room, back to their sport, which is, you know, we're all hoping we'll have that spring season again. I know 
you being a track coach, me being a track coach, we're, we're still hoping for that spring season to come around, man. You bet. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, injury mitigation, uh, what percentage would you put it at uh, in general? Uh, say we're in a normal situation in general, what percentage are you putting the work you guys are giving to track and field athletes, um, whether these are sprinters, middle distance, throwers, you know, jumpers, what percentage does it change depending on the athlete uh, event? Uh, what percentage is injury mitigation and what percentage is performance enhancement in the eyes of someone maybe coaching high school or college? Um, bounce around a little bit. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Now, you know, at Centennial, we take an umbrella approach and what a lot of schools are going to nowadays where you are an athlete first and then, you know, you are your soccer or your golf or your, your track athlete second. So a lot of our programming looks the same program to program. You know, I would say we probably do, 80, 90% the same stuff. And then 10% is different for that one program. And that 10% different can come in the form of the injury mitigation stuff that we do. You know, maybe track is doing a little little bit more uh, unilateral stuff, barefoot stuff, working on that foot, ankle strength, that calf strength, that knee strength, hip strength, things like that. But, you know, our track athletes are still squatting. They're still hinging. They're still pulling. They're still pushing all those fundamental movement patterns that we want all of our athletes doing. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, I think, you know, coaches are getting we're getting to that point now where where I don't know that there's a whole lot out there that are just uh, washing their hands of of strength and conditioning and saying it's not valuable. But I also see a trend and and I'm curious on this trend to um, movement replacing uh, some some standard lifts in general, whether that's sprinting being the best form of of some hour training or whatever. Uh, where do you, where are our strength and conditioning coaches at on a global scale? Where are you at on that? You know, I think I think it's pretty polarized. I think you have people on both ends of the spectrum. Now, you know, that say that the best form of power training is getting in and doing heavy cleans, doing heavy snatches, doing heavy, you know, any work that's going to be triple extension. And you have other coaches that are, you know, more on the ballistic side that say, you know, sprinting is the best form of power training you can have. Um, you know, I think I lie somewhere in the middle. Um, I just read somewhere in that Scholar Supreme program, Steve Magnus was, revi- was referring to a, a research paper that looked at programs that trained at 85% or 80% and up for their power movements and programs that trained 30% down or body weight for their power movements. And what they found was that those programs that focused on the 80% up had higher strength, higher power than the other program, but the other program had showed better results in pure sprinting speed as determined, as determined by a hundred meter sprint test. So, you know, I think there's, there's a little bit of carryover to both. I think the heavy power training, um, if say, for example, you get a heavier one rep max clean, well, then you also have a heavier sub maximal clean. Um, so that makes the lighter work you can do at a heavier percentage. You're going to recruit more muscle fibers, higher rate coding, higher rate of force development, all those good things that we want. So, you know, like I said, I'm not, I, I used to, I used to not operate in the gray area. Now I operate in the gray area. So I think, you know, both sides work kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. That's uh, I think I was hearing similarities to how we look at training, right? Uh, yeah. You might run a faster two mile, um, I, you, you need to run the aerobics. So you got to run the longer miles. You've got to you've got to do all of that, and that's of course going to show up better uh, than um, those athletes that would maybe just be doing two hundred meter repeats or something on the track. But the athletes, if they improve their max speed, then the sub max speed is going to be more efficient. So I was hearing a right. lot of 
a lot right. of tie-ins there. Um, yeah. Moving off of that with that uh, that's that idea, then um, where do you shake out on things like uh, plyometrics? Uh, is that something you do leading into stronger lifting, leading out of stronger? How, how do you uh, make that connection between uh, um, the, the weights and track and field? And is that event specific? Um, is there too much injury risk for certain events or versus performance gain? That's that, that's a great question. And, you know, right now with the strength and conditioning side at our school, we have not began to implement plyometrics. Um that's something Greg and I have talked about doing. We just have not done it yet. You know, I, I read a book, um, gosh, Jimmy Radcliffe, the longtime strength coach at University of Oregon, kind of kind of the pioneer of plyometrics. You know, he has a great book on it, uh, great online resources as well. When I read that, I was all gung-ho on plyometrics. I was ready to go. I was ready to go all the way in on it. Um, you know, with track and field, we do a little bit of it with the sprinters. Um, the distance crew, not so much, but the sprinters, they do. And, and I coach long jump. So I, I do a little bit, and my thought with that is um, I do low volume, low volume, low amplitude towards the beginning of the season just to kind of build that volume, build that tolerance in the Achilles tendon, build that elasticity in the Achilles tendon just to get some more of that stiffness and elasticity for our event because, like you said, it's event-specific. Um, you know, I, I do think it can be implemented – in all sports. I, I really, I really do. I, I think it's a great substitute for a lot of power training. Like we talked about previously, I think a lot of sports could benefit from that, you know, and just from a, 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 a biomechanical standpoint and just be able to fire the correct movement patterns. I, I think, I think plyometrics have a lot of bang for their buck if done correctly and supervised correctly. And that's the big thing, you know, you're not going to go day one doing depth drops from a 30 inch box, you know, into a broad jump, you know, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be progressive. And I think that's the thing a lot of people don't look at when they look at plyometrics, they look at these, you know, these big sexy plyometrics with people doing, you know, run in bounds for 50 meters and like, Oh, we got to do that. You know, hopping 30 inch hurdles. Yes. Like, no, let's take a step back and let's do some pogos. You know, let's do some double, let's do some double legged pogos. Can you so, land from three inches off the ground? Yes. Well, before you do 30 right. inches, right? Right. So, right. you know, thinking progression, uh, you know, I always wonder this because it isn't my strength or I haven't studied this arena as well as, as you have. And, and, uh, and that is progressing lifting from a certain point in the off season, or the periodization of it, basically, right? Yeah, Whether that yeah. kid is going on a 12-month, a nine-month, a six-month, a three-month, what's the periodization look like um, from someone, you know, if you're giving it to somebody uh, like myself, maybe I'm just coaching, you know, athletes in general, they're lifting. When do I want to start increasing, decreasing? Give me your template. Yeah. So right now at Centennial, we are following an APRE-style rep scheme with our compound movements. So that's going to be our squat, our bench, our deadlift, and our hang clean. And the way we do that is so our off-season athletes are going to start um, with an APRE 10. So that, you know, roughly that's kind of a, a 8 to 12 rep range, a hypertrophy rep range. Some people might know it as, you know, your bodybuilding rep range, high, like, you know, high rep rep range, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's what we do with our off-season athletes. And we progress that down into an APRE 6 and then to an APRE three. So the reps are descending through the through their off-season program. 
Now that's different for our in-season athletes because they are getting their volume in season through their sport. Like they are, you know, running reps, running routes, running laps, whatever it might be, they're getting their volume in through their sport, you know, so we don't want to add more volume on top of that. So our in-season athletes are doing APRE three because we want to keep the intensity high, but the volume low, if that makes sense. And they're usually in and out of our weight room in 20, 30 minutes at tops. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Uh, take me through your last then two to three weeks. They're peaking. Are they even in the weight room at all? What are you looking at? Uh, it's it, that, that question is tough. It kind of depends on the sport coach. Um, you know, our boys basketball team that went to the state uh, state tournament a few weeks ago, they were in there twice a week up until the week of the well. You know, um, some of our sport coaches want to take a few, uh, you know, the last two or three weeks of the season off. Um, you know, we kind of just try to meet the coaches where they're at with that one. But when we get to that point, no matter which program we're working with there, um, we're doing APRE three. We're keeping the intensity high, the volume low. Great. So walk me through now. Uh, you've uh, take me through the beginning kind of of your your coaching career through some of your stops. And then uh, I kind of want to get an idea. Uh, you spent a lot of time developing your craft. Where you where are you taking this uh, from here? What are you hoping to do with it? Yeah. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show here, started at Gilbert High School, um, worked for three years at, under their strength coach, Graham Long, who's still their strength coach, does a great job. You know, if anybody needs pointed to a great strength coach in the state of Iowa, I point to him. He's a great mentor, a great person. Um, you know, spent a great three years there. You know, he gave me a lot more responsibilities than I ever deserved being a 20, 21, 22-year-old kid. You know, I was still trying to figure things out for myself. Then when I went to Pella, I kind of had to take a year off. I was teaching elementary PE at the time, so I, I had no outlet for strength and conditioning besides studying up myself, and that's when I decided to get my CSCS and my USA, USAW Level 1. I thought that would be a good use of my time since I'm not coaching uh, on the floor at that time. You know, Then transitioning into this position here at Centennial, we have made tremendous strides in the last year and a half here. Um, hopefully, well – Three days ago, we were supposed to get a $70,000 order in from Sornex to outfit a new weight room. So um, that's all on hold now for the current pandemic. But, you know, hopefully when we get back to school, that's up and rolling. We can get those racks tore down, get the new ones in there and have a new playground for, you know, the coaches and the kids to play on. But, you know, going forward, I love where I'm at. You know, I'm trying to make the big time where I'm at with what we got going on here. I, have, I You know, Coach Wino and I have big goals for what this program can become. I don't, I don't see myself, you know, taking my, taking, you know, what I have to offer anywhere else. This is where I want to be. That's awesome. Uh, we, we've enjoyed seeing you, you know, come through this. And like you yeah. said, you started so young. We've always seen you at all the coaches meetings and stuff too. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I did the same thing. I was coaching at, at uh, Des Moines North before I graduated from uh, break. You know, I walked down to a track and asked the coach if I could help volunteer, you know. And, right. and uh, right. so it's kind of fun seeing somebody else take a – Take yeah. a similar path and and just learn learn as you go and bring your own take to yeah. it and spin to it and yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, seeing you doing some pretty pretty uh, good stuff. I have a feeling we're going to see uh, uh, maybe a book from you in the future or something. Just knowing <laughs> how much you uh, well, I appreciate put into that. it. But. Yeah, that means a lot. Yeah, I, I I love what I do, man. It's it's a true pleasure to work with the kids and the coaches that I do day in and day out. You know that's that's yes. honestly that's that's honestly something that I think a lot of coaches take for granted. You know, when I had that time at Texas, it's, it's not quite the same because um, strength and conditioning down there, it's, it goes towards their practice time. 
So, you know, at the, at the college level, they can only spend so much time with their sport, with their, with their athletes training. So they're not going to come into your office if you're the strength coach and sit there and, and, you know, hang out with you for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, you know, between their classes and they just can't do that. So, you know, it's, I, I truly love what I do high school levels where it's at. Yeah. I, I often say that as a, as a track coach, when people ask, Hey, is there ever a dream of coaching college or anything like that? And, and I, I think it's always fun to think about, you know, oh, what yeah. the, whether the, whether the grass is greener or not, but there's one thing I always say about those high school kids. And that is, um, you know, the races are never, nothing scripted with them. They, they, no one's handing them their, their exact calorie count for the day. And nobody's uh, right. you know, telling them, you know, the races are not, uh, scripted down to a 50 meter kick at the end and you know these kids just go out and they go crazy and and, right. and that's what makes it fun building relationships with them because they're learning so much uh as they go um you know mike i'm gonna uh ask you to put put a wrap on on some of what we've talked about today by uh giving me some of your thoughts on on uh resources that coaches can use uh you've mentioned a few uh, Coach Radcliffe, uh, the Magnus, uh, the High Performance West. Um, what, where where are coaches? Where should they be looking? Maybe for a beginner, maybe a, an intermediate, and maybe a uh, for a coach that's already got some of these resources. What what's that elite level? Look at it maybe like a level one, level two, level three uh, training type of resources. Yeah, so I, I recommend any coach. Right, so I recommend, like you said, if if you're a strength coach looking to get into this field. The CSCS uh, and the USAW Level 1 are, are great places to be just from an X's and O's and foundational understanding of the sports. Um, on top of that, you know, networking is large. Like me and you both talked about going to clinics, connecting here and there. Like, look at us right now, connecting. Um, the NHSSCA is the National High School Strength Conditioning Coaches Association. Um, I think that's like $100 due a year. Gets you access to a website with tons of information. Gets you access to a Facebook page that you can post any question you have in there. And, you know, I tell you what, strength coaches across the country are some of the most sharing people you ever meet. They'll put they'll put their whole 52-week program out there for you to take and borrow and do whatever you want to. They'll, I mean, I've never had a question go unanswered on that resource. Um, aside from that, podcasts are big. Um, I, like, I like Hammer Media a lot. Just Fly Performance Sports a lot. Um, big time strength podcast is hosted by a coach down in Mount Vernon, Iowa, Preston Pedersen, phenomenal podcast. He gets, he gets other high school coaches on small college coaches on a lot of nuggets. You can steal from those kind of podcasts. Um, you know, I, I didn't like to read until I graduated from Iowa state and Aaron Thomas gave me a book and kind of changed my whole life. So after that book, I, I can't read enough. You know, I, I read two or three times a day. I love it so much. Um, so there's a lot of great books out there. Um, yeah, so that's about it. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to, for those of you, uh, listening in on this podcast, I'm going to uh, tag those resources, uh, here on the link. Um, when, when I, when this drops, you'll be able to have access to that. Um, and, uh, coach, uh, any, uh, stuff that you're looking at social media sites that, uh, people can use to follow you. Um, as uh, Centennial and yourself, you guys moving forward, uh, go ahead and give your shout out now and, and uh, we'll, we'll let people have access to you because I know you are happy yeah. to receive messages and, and reach out to coaches too. So, so uh, give, your, uh, give your deets on your social media and whatnot. Yeah, so uh, my Twitter, I use personal and professional. That is just at Mike Getemy. Getemy is G-E-T-T-E-M-Y. 
you'll be able to find me. I don't know if there's any other Mike Getemies out there. So probably pull, pop up right there for you. Um, go ahead and shoot me an email. That's Mike or at my school email. That's Mike.getemy. So G-E-T-T-E-M-Y at AnkinySchools.org. Um, and if anybody wants my phone number, feel free to uh, send a message or a DM and I'll be happy to provide that for you. Um, ben knows firsthand. I don't reply super well to uh, Twitter DMs. Uh, I have all my notifications for all my social media turned off at all times. Um, so that's a, that's a wise move, brother. That's a wise <laughs> move. Uh, I yeah. get phantom feelings from the yeah. vibration from my yeah. phone. I'm like, was that a vibration? You know? Right. And so right. um, I think that's a great move. And uh, well, I got your phone number now, so you can't hide, but yeah. uh, Mike, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to doing this more. I think I, I might try to get you on, on, on a regular basis and, and uh, you can keep us up to date on the, uh, the ongoings of, of strength and conditioning and specifically how it relates to track and field and, and uh, we'll make sure people get access to you and connect with you and, and uh, looking forward to seeing your programs continue and grow. So I appreciate you, man. And uh, look forward to doing this again soon. I appreciate it, man. I love what you're doing here. Thanks for having me on. That was Ankeny Centennial strength and conditioning coach, Mike Getemy. He's also the assistant track and field and cross country coach there. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Lab Accelerate, L-A-B-X-L-R-8. Follow us on Instagram at Accelerate Performance Lab. Check out our website, www.accelerate-performancelab.com. I hope you like what you've been hearing. Thank you to all that have listened and checked in with us this week. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming soon. We will see you next time.